O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpachah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Dinsmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, June 22nd. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there. But there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures, and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Balak. Numbers 23, 1-15 Balaam said to Balak, Build me seven altars here, and have seven bulls and seven rams ready here for me. Balak did as Balaam directed, and Balak and Balaam offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offerings while I am gone. Perhaps Hashem will grant me a manifestation, and whatever he reveals to me I will tell you. And he went off alone. The Lord manifested himself to Balaam, who said to him, I have set up the seven altars and offered up a bull and a ram on each altar. And Hashem put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak and speak thus. So he returned to him and found him standing beside his offerings and all the Moabite dignitaries with him. He took up his theme and said, From Aram has Balak brought me, Moab's king from the hills of the east. Come, curse me, Jacob. Come, tell Israel's doom. How can I damn whom Hashem has not damned? How doom when Hashem has not doomed? 
as I see them from the mountaintops gaze on them from the heights. There is a people that dwells apart, not reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, number the dust cloud of Israel? May I die the death of the upright, may my fate be like theirs. Then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? Here I brought you to damn and curse my enemies, and instead you have blessed them. He replied, I can only repeat faithfully what Hashem puts in my mouth. Then Balak said to him, Come with me to another place from which you can see them. You will see only a portion of them. You will not see all of them, and curse them for me from there. With that he took him to Sedazophim on the summit of Pisgah. He built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offerings while I seek a manifestation yonder. 2 Kings 3, 1-4.17 Jehoram, son of Ahab, became king of Israel in Shomron, or Samaria, in the eighteenth year of King Jehoshaphat of Jehudah, and he reigned twelve years. He did what was displeasing to Hashem, yet not like his father and mother, for he removed the pillars of Baal that his father had made. However, he clung to the sins which Jehoram son of Nebat caused Israel to commit. He did not depart from them. Now King Mesha of Moab was a sheep breeder, and he used to pay as tribute to the king of Israel a hundred thousand lambs and the wool of a hundred thousand rams. But when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Jehoram promptly set out from Shomron, Samaria, and mustered all Israel. At the same time he sent this message to King Jehoshaphat of Yehudah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you come with me to make war on Moab? He replied, I will go. I will do what you do. My troops shall be your troops. My horses shall be your horses. And he asked, Which route shall we take? Jehoram replied, The road through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel, the king of Yehudah, and the king of Edom set out, and they marched for seven days until they rounded the tip of the Dead Sea, and there was no water left for the army or for the animals that were with them. Alas, cried the king of Israel, Hashem has brought these three kings together only to deliver them into the hands of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Isn't there a Navi of Hashem here through whom we may inquire of Hashem? One of the courtiers of the king of Israel spoke up and said, Elisha, son of Shaphat, who poured water on the hands of Eliyahu, is here. The word of Hashem is with them, said Jehoshaphat. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Elisha said to the king of Israel, What have you to do with me? Go to your father's Nevi'im or your mother's Nevi'im. But the king of Israel said, Don't say that, for Hashem has brought these three kings together only to deliver them into the hands of Moab. 
As Yahweh Savaot, the Lord of hosts, lives, whom I serve, Elisha answered, Were it not that I respect King Jehoshaphat of Yehudah, I wouldn't look at you or notice you. But then, get me a musician. As the musician played, the hand of Hashem came upon him, and he said, Thus says Hashem, This wadi shall be full of pools. For thus says Hashem, You shall see no wind, you shall see no rain, and yet the wadi, the river, shall be filled with water, and you and your cattle and your pack of animals shall drink. And this is but a slight thing in the sight of Hashem, for he will also deliver Moab into your hands. You shall conquer every fortified town and every splendid city. You shall fell every good tree and stop up all wells of water, and every fertile field you shall ruin with stones. And in the morning, when it was time to present the meal offering, water suddenly came from the direction of Edom, and the land was covered by the water. Meanwhile, all the Moabites had heard that the kings were advancing to make war on them, and every man old enough to bear arms rallied, and they stationed themselves at the border. Next morning when they rose, the sun was shining over the water, and from the distance the water appeared to the Moabites as red as blood. That's blood, they said. The kings must have fought among themselves and killed each other. Now to the spoil, Moab. They entered the Israelite camp, and the Israelites arose and attacked the Moabites who fled before them. They advanced, constantly attacking the Moabites, and they destroyed the towns. Every man threw a stone into each fertile field, so that it was covered over, and they stopped up every spring and fell every fruit tree. Only the walls of Kir Hariseth were left, and then the slingers surrounded it and attacked it. Seeing that the battle was going against him, the king of Moab led an attempt of seven hundred swordsmen to break a way through to the king of Edom, but they failed. So he took his firstborn son, who was to succeed him as king, and offered him up on the wall as a burnt offering. A great wrath came upon Israel, so they withdrew from him and went back to their own land. A certain woman, the wife of one of the disciples of the Nevi'im, cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know how your servant revered Hashem, and now a creditor is coming to seize my two children as slaves. Elisha said to her, What can I do for you? Tell me, what have you in your house? She replied, Your maidservant has nothing at all in the house except a jug of oil. Go, he said, borrow vessels outside from all your neighbors, empty vessels, as many as you can. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your children, and pour oil into all those vessels, removing each one as it is filled. She went away and shut the door behind her and her children. They kept bringing vessels to her, and she kept pouring. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. He answered her, There are no more vessels. And the oil stopped. She came and told the man of Hashem, and he said, 
go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your children can live on the rest. One day Elisha visited Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to have a meal, and whenever he passed by, he would stop there for a meal. Once she said to her husband, I am sure it is a holy man of Hashem who comes this way regularly. Let us make a small enclosed upper chamber and place a bed, a table, a chair, and a menorah there for him so that he can stop there whenever he comes to us. One day he came there. He retired to the upper chamber and lay down there. He said to a servant Gehazi, Call that Shunammite woman. He called her, and she stood before him. He said to him, Tell her, You have gone to all this trouble for us. What can we do for you? Can we speak in your behalf to the king or to the army commander? She replied, I live among my own people. What then can be done for her? He asked. The fact is, said Gehazi, she has no son, and her husband is old. Call her, he said. He called her, and she stood in the doorway. And Elisha said, At this season next year, you will be embracing a son. She replied, Please, my lord, man of Hashem, do not delude your maidservant. The woman conceived and bore a son at the same season the following year, as Elisha had assured her. Acts 14, 8-28 And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up on your feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands unto the gates, and would have done sacrifice with the people, which, when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out, and saying, Sirs, why do you do these things? We also are men of like passions with you, and preach to you that you should turn from these vanities to the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good, and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings scarce restrained they the people, that they had not done sacrifice to them. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and, having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, As the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and had taught many, 
they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed throughout Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Italia, and thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God, for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come together, and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. Psalm 141-13 Deliver me, O Yahweh, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Selah. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who has purpose to overthrow my goings. The proud have hid a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me. Selah. I said to the Lord, You are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Yahweh. O God, Yahweh, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Yahweh, the desires of the wicked, further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves. Selah. As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. Proverbs 17.22 A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Numbers 23, and then we're going to jump into 2 Kings chapter 3. And in Numbers 23, we see that Balaam is a prophet for hire. He's been hired by Balak to prophesy curses over the people of Israel. So when he comes to the first mountaintop, he sets up seven altars and offers seven sacrifices upon it. And then he speaks this in verse 9 of Numbers 23. As I see them from the mountaintops, gaze on them from the heights. There is a people that dwells apart, not reckoned among the nations. 
The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. This chapter is one of three that describe the failed attempt by Balaam to curse the people of Israel. His plan is foiled by Hashem, and instead of a curse, Balaam utters a reluctant compliment. There is a people that dwells apart, not reckoned among the nations. For better or for worse, the Jews have always been set aside from among the nations and singled out for special treatment. Today, Israel receives a disproportionate amount of coverage by the media, most of it negative. However, we must recognize the inherent lesson of this solitude. The people of Israel have been singled out for a holy purpose. They were chosen by Hashem to remain faithful to Him and to fulfill the biblical mandate of teaching His truths to the world. While for most of history the Jewish nation has indeed been an isolated people that dwells apart, that reality began to change with the establishment of the State of Israel. For the first time, millions of non-Jews have started to stand together with the people of Israel, rejecting the curse of Balaam. What a beautiful thought. And so we too, those of us who are not Jewish, but who stand with the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we too can be a part of that remnant people, for we are grafted in by faith. Romans 11, the olive tree, the wild branches and the natural branches. The natural branches are Yehuda, Jews. The wild branches are us, the non-Jews, and we are one olive tree, and of course, the main taproot is Yeshua HaMashiach, our Messiah. Now let us continue and jump into Second Kings chapter 3. And we see a battle scene that is shaping up in chapter 3. The king of Israel and the king of Yehuda and the king of Edom set out and they marched for seven days until they rounded the tip of the Dead Sea and there was no water left for the army or the animals that were with them. They're getting ready to go into battle and Elisha gives them a prophetic word. And Elisha tells them in verse 16, he, he said, Thus said Hashem, this river, this wadi, shall be full of pools. Verse 17. For this said Hashem, you shall see no wind, you shall see no rain, and yet the wadi shall be filled with water, and you and your cattle and your pack and animals shall drink. So the Israel Bible commentary to verse 16 reads as follows. When the kings and their armies faced death, Due to lack of water, Elisha prophesies that the valley will be filled with pools of water. Thus, they will be saved from death and will be able to quench their thirst. There have been many times in history, from biblical through modern times, when the people of Israel needed miracles in order to have sufficient water. The most famous biblical example is the rock that provided water for the Israelites in the desert. In modern times, one of the many miracles in the creation and prospering of the state of Israel has been the ability to find sufficient water to literally make the desert bloom. 
For example, Israeli farmers have pioneered innovative drip irrigation methods that have allowed Israel to become leaders in agriculture. Though Israel must conserve water, Hashem has provided it with a sufficient amount to meet all of its needs and the wisdom to use it efficiently. So the wadi fills up with water, and then at sunrise, it looks as the sun reflects upon the water, the water looks like blood, and the enemy is routed. They are tricked. They think that there's been a great slaughter, and all the valley is filled with blood, and the Israelites rush in and take them. In the next story, in chapter 4, we see a widow. And she is alone. She has no husband. And she's been very kind to Elisha. And so she owes a lot of money. Now a creditor is coming to her to take her two children away as slaves. And so Elisha gives her instructions. In verse 3, he says, Go. Borrow vessels from outside and from all your neighbors, empty vessels, as many as you can. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. God again performs a miracle with human partnership, utilizing items that already exist in nature. Thus, this miracle emanates from existing oil and continues only as long as additional jugs are brought. David Ben-Gurion, the first Prime Minister of Israel, famously said, In Israel, in order to be a realist, one must believe in miracles. Indeed, surrounded by enemies and lacking natural resources, there is no logical reason that the state of Israel exists at all, let alone as a strong and vibrant nation. It is only due to Hashem's miracles, which He attaches to the great efforts of many human beings, that Israel is here to bring blessings to the world. And with that, we'll close. Have a very blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow.